And I welcome this huge one. Oh, yes. Nice plan. Nice, nice plan. Nice plan. Nice, nice, nice plan. Brian, you've done it. I did it? You did it. What'd I do? You found a good episode of Star Trek Voyager to watch. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, randomly selected one. That's how good yeah. they are. Yeah. That's how you, good they are. It's like winning the lottery, what you just did here. No. No way. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. This is this is the one when I think of Star Trek Voyager. This is what I think of. This is me as a kid. So this is the, loving every second of it. This is the summit, and we're on our way down. No, it's kind of like uh, that really horrible girlfriend you had that you just only remembered like the one good thing about it. Wait, which girlfriend? I'm not no specifics, just oh, in general. Not me. <laughs> yeah, not you. <laughs> you just choose to remember the one thing that was okay about it. And it's this uh, this two parter. This is the Mushi Destroyer of Star Trek <laughs> Voyager episodes. Oh I'm sorry, we're not, <laughs> inside jokes are really bad for podcasting. I couldn't resist myself. Wow, and we're not going into detail on that one. Yeah. Well, let's just clarify what a Mushi is. Can you just tell us what a Mushi is for the kids that were maybe alive then? Uh, you're right. That's Mushi pillows have been. Is it Mushi or Moshi? They've been out of the zeitgeist for a while here. Yeah, for like twelve years. Yeah. So they were these pillows, and I don't know why they were popular. They may most of the time they were like cylindrical shape. Yeah, yeah. And they just had like beanbag beads in them, and they yes. were like a stretchy like latex or like a. They were like a spandex, but not like the not under as armor. tight. Yeah, yeah. And, and and they didn't breathe, and they were super uncomfortable. But literally, everyone had one. Yeah, I, I had don't know one. why. I had one too. I had a black one. You had a yellow one in our dorm room. Wow, you remember the color of mine? I didn't remember the color of yours. Oh, well, talk, you know, we're talking about pillows still. By the way, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about Discovery briefly because Brian Brian's out on Discovery again. Well, yeah. Sorry. I kind of forgot slash wasn't inspired this week. So go go for it, man. That was an on-air shaming. I did it well, I think. Uh, yeah, we yeah. don't have a third chair again because life. And we no didn't likes us. ask anybody. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we didn't ask anybody. So yeah. we can assume that nobody likes us. But right. Yeah, I'll try to get another voice in here next week. I just yep. didn't do anything to get anyone on this podcast. Yeah, you know, holidays are coming around. We just had Halloween, Thanksgiving, you know. We'll, we'll get yeah. back to it. We'll yeah, to it. Pe- people are spending time with the family on Halloween. They didn't have time for us. So yeah. uh, Discovery this week is, I'm not even going to try to say it. It's like a Latin title. Uh, it. I didn't like it. Brian, can, I, can I help you out? It's yeah. pronounced Despacito. <laughs> if Thank Bieber you. can learn, you can learn. Thank you. Yeah. It translates to something like the path to peace is war or something like that. Mm. Uh, but El Dorado. 
they're they're just they're trying to do too much. They cram mm-hmm. in like four different plot lines into this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's just not good. The Klingon stuff was terrible. I like I didn't understand what happened. I read a couple reviews, and these people are praising how great the episode was. And they both said in their reviews that they didn't understand what happened either. It's, <laughs> it's it so doesn't good. make we any sense. We couldn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so is Vok back? No. Well, just random Klingon. Lieutenant Ash Tyler. Oh, right. I'm uh, not, but yeah. So, really quick rundown. They are trying to figure out a way to detect cloaked Klingon ships. Okay. Good premise, right? It okay. opens with a badass space battle. Cool. Where the Discovery jumps in to try to save this ship that's being attacked by a bunch of Klingons. And they fail. Yeah. It gets blown up. But it's it's like the first all-out space battle I feel like we've had since the pilot. But the pilot just felt more like two rows of ships shooting each, at each other. Okay. This was more like a actual encounter mm-hmm. uh, a dog fight yep exactly and then we find out that burnham and tyler and saru are on a planet trying to figure out how to detect klingon cloaked ships mm-hmm. and they're on this planet that it's a really cool premise it has like every living thing every plant on the planet and they didn't detect any life signs of course uh resonates with sound Mm. and so there's a constant like humming and like almost like a music in the background okay and the leaves are blue so it looks neat (laughs) okay and they have this like crystal tree beacon that extends all the way up into space so the idea is they want to try to figure out how to use whatever's naturally on this planet as some kind of sonar, which doesn't make a bit of fucking sense because <laughs> there's no sound in space, you dumbasses. Like, it seems, <laughs> I was just going to say that. See, that I, doesn't work. Not a science guy over here, but even I know that. So yeah. maybe I missed something there, but it turns out Saru, because he's like, he can hear things more intently, is really bothered by yeah. this planet. It's like giving them headaches and things. And then they come across this weird dust alien that's there and like talking to them. Mm. So and then I the don't know what, dust... and then I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> and we're ten minutes into the episode right now. So well, the last dust alien that I came across, uh totally it was the pathogen from uh Covenant and it just totally took everybody over. So dust aliens are bad news in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, and so Saru turns into a bad guy and is, like, stopping them because they decide they're going to make first contact with this thing and they need its permission to do anything on the planet. And so they're trying to communicate with it. Saru turns into a bad guy, smashes their communicators, stops them from doing anything, accomplishing their mission. He's trying to just stay there. Mm. And then fast forward to the end of the episode after, of course, they, they get done what they need to do. Saru says that he wasn't under any kind of weird influence. He just wasn't afraid on that planet. It like gave him harmony. And because of his like species, he's always in fear. Oh. So he, so he was acting like an asshole cause he liked it. I guess it doesn't really make sense. 
I like so I like the idea of it, but he went to such great lengths to stop them. He like tried to kill them. I I don't find that believable. So well, we're led to believe that fear always controls his mind, and once he was on the planet, he was harmonious, and the fear subsided, and his true ego came to the fore. Yes, Is that basically. Yes. I, but it wasn't, I don't feel like it was done well because they made it look too much like he was just controlled. And like I yeah. said, the extremes he went to, it's not believable that he would try to kill these people. And if he did, then it is just him and he should be fucking thrown into the brig, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, he is kind of just a spindly little guy. Yeah. Um, so on this planet, did everything have hair noodles and was there a lot of bioluminescence? Did they all talk to each other? Is this is this an avatar reference? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it was more like a traditional just forest with like oak trees and things. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. For sure. Um, and then the Klingon part of it, Laurel, the female Klingon, went to interrogate the Admiral, the female Admiral that got caught a couple oh, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I was excited to see this plot line through. And so she comes. She comes in to interrogate her and asks about asylum with the Federation. What? Yeah, because she wants to leave. Because she doesn't like the guy. Is it Cole with the red? Oh, yeah. Paint that took over the ship. Mm-hmm. And so they decide they're going to escape together. And yeah, I know, right? What? So they decide they're going <laughs> to escape together, and then these two Klingons see them, and they're like, "Where are you taking the prisoner?" And then they just start fighting in the middle of the hallway. And she, as far as I can tell, kills the Admiral and drags her body into a room where they put corpses. And then she sees a bunch of other Klingons and says their names and just says, what has happened to you? And she swears, she swears that she's going to kill Cole and goes to the bridge and then she swears her allegiance to Cole. And then Cole's like, I know you're lying to me and has her drug, drug off. It, it didn't make any sense. You, you have wow. to watch it to see if you can take more away from this episode than me. Because I yeah. didn't get it. I just didn't get it. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> it sounds so, like nonsense. The episode ends with this planet sends out... They the goal of this life form is for everything to live harmoniously like together. Mm-hmm. So it sends out a beacon to the Klingon ship saying, Hey, why don't you come meet your Federation friends here and we'll make this work. <laughs> so and the we'll, episode we'll ends come. on the, yeah, the episode ends on the cliffhanger that they're the discovery and the, I forget the name of it, but it's that big ass Klingon ship that can cloak from the, the okay. pilot. Okay. Uh, are going to do battle, and that's going to leave us on a cliffhanger. So, so out, out on Discovery right now. I was okay. in for like three weeks in a row. Now I'm out. We have replicator technology in Discovery, correct? Because they were talking about. Uh, no, I could. Didn't they order like green tea? And Michael was talking yeah. about how Tilly shouldn't be getting. I guess you're right. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because the original series food just comes out of like this door and they never really explain where it comes from. So sure. We'll call them replicators. Okay. So if you really just wanted to, you could just go somewhere and never come back. 
Like why? Why? If you had a replicator with you, yeah, you just go. Just yeah, fucking go. So this Klingon, yeah. I don't know why they would want asylum. Just leave. Just, just leave Klingon space. You're cool. I, yeah. Just go. Well, I don't think Klingons have replicators because in one of the earlier episodes, they were talking about how they were starving and referenced some cannibalistic behavior. So if you're fighting a war against a, a civilization that has replicators, you lose. <laughs> uh, you've lost. Sorry. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, clear attrition. You've just, you can't win. So, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so that was Discovery. I want to see how they wrap it up. I was just super disappointed because I really felt like they were like, they were on it. They'd like hit their stride. We were going. Oh boy. Good things were happening. Yeah. But part of the problem, I'm sorry, I just said we're going to move away from Discovery and I'm just <laughs> jumped back in. Part of the problem is that stuff on the planet is cool. They did it and like the plot was uninteresting that they were mm. going for there because it didn't make sense. They're like trying to figure out how to find, you know, cloak ships. And the short amount of time they spent there, they didn't have any time to develop anything. Normally Mm -hmm. in a Star Trek episode, you're in it. You're on that planet. You are so sick of that planet. By the end of the episode, you want to gouge your eyes out, but here they're there for like 10 minutes total, you know? Oh, you want more planet. I just, yeah, I want, I want them to slow down a little bit. Just slow it down. Yeah. Let's get a little more dialogue about what's going on. Maybe explain things. It's it just felt half baked. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with the detection of cloaked ships as a plot device. That doesn't make any sense to me. We can detect black holes just by the way the light moves a little bit from like yeah. light years away. That doesn't make any sense. I can see how like cloaking would get the drop on you if it's like nearby and you're not scanning for it yeah i can see that that's cool but like I well don't know. In, in other shows and movies they've figured it out by finding like it gives off like, like exhaust basically yeah. yeah yeah i mean ideally a perfect cloaking device if the lights pass you know what i mean if it's showing you the light exactly as it should be on the other side somehow mm-hmm. then you wouldn't detect it right right but I, I guess what I'm playing at is that uh, light is affected by gravity. So if there's mass there, the light would be altered in some way. Maybe the cloaking device compensates for that. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those Klingons, they're really yeah. smart. They're really smart. Don't have replicators, but uh, they can no, figure that out. Known for their science. Yes. All right, Brian. All right. Janeway or Jakote, who you got? Oh my god. So here's the thing is Chicote as like just on paper way cooler than Janeway. Should have been. Should have been. That's what I'm playing at here is he never gets any time to develop into something cool. He's just wow. he's just uh like token a Native American guy. That's all yeah. we get from him. Yeah. So in this episode we watched Scorpion parts one and two. Uh, which was the season three finale and season four premiere. It's a real face-off between Janeway and Chakotay. Yeah, and they're almost like about to do it at one point. <laughs> <laughs> they're so angry. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this was some of the best. And I've been in like a year-long Voyager rewatch. I just stop at times because 
it's Voyager. <laughs> okay. So I, I remembered a good, you know, good portion of this episode. But a lot of times when I'm watching them, I'm doing something else. I'm not focusing on them like I do mm-hmm. when when we watch episodes for this podcast. It's good background. Yeah, it is. And yeah. this is the dialogue between Janeway and Chakotay. Chakotay in this episode is fantastic. Like some of the back and forth they have, it's really good. So. Yeah, I liked it. I did notice that it's very, um, I don't know, like stage theatrical. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like uh, long pauses and like ugh, like a body language that's kind of awkward. If you notice when they're talking about how they're going to get through Borg space, they fully walk into the room and like walk into the center of it and then yeah. stand next to each other. It's like... Yeah. It's like, Fun. oh, you're you're just hitting your spots right now. This yeah, is how people make like, TV shows, basically. Yeah. And then, like, she awkwardly bends over some railing that looks really uncomfortable, and then he like bends over it with her. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's awkward, but yeah. Before before we kind of get into the episode, I want to hear you rank the Voyager characters. Oh my, the whole crew. Well, I mean, you don't need to get into Seska and <laughs> Lieutenant okay, Carey, but the here, main cast. Here's what I was thinking of when I was uh, when we rebooted Voyager. Here was good for Harry Kim, you know. <laughs> uh, they don't they don't really make Star Trek characters that are just weirds, just fucking mediocre. Like this yeah. guy, <laughs> this guy <laughs> is just so mediocre. And just he just he just who he is, man. Good for him. Yeah, he's just a guy in Starfleet that sucks. He's just a guy, man. You wouldn't ever want to talk to him. Uh, I'd put my favorite as either the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Or um, Torres. I agree. That's my one-two, probably. Yeah. Torres kind of reminds me of my wife a little bit. So. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Uh, just putting that out there. What is that your Halloween costume next year? You gonna get some of those some of those forehead ridges? Uh, Kira did say that Voyager was uh, bad. She, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "What's with this one?" <laughs> did she watch it all with you? Or she she came in at the uh, the yeah. last the last part of the second one. It was like this one's yeah. this one's different. What's with this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feels like low budget TNG when you really yeah. start paying attention to it. Well, and, and TNG like, felt very low budget at times, but yeah, and there's a lot more like war and survival, and it's not it's not as lighthearted as TNG is. Certainly not. Generally, well, yeah. Uh, all right, so I have a few episodes. I like this episode a lot, and we'll get into yeah. it here. I'll kind of run through the the major plot points, but. Mm-hmm. I have a few issues with it too that I'll hit as we go, like major issues, like ruined portions of Star Trek <laughs> that took place in this episode. Okay. So this episode has one of the short, shortest opening sequences before the credits, and it's okay. just you get the Borg cubes. We are the Borg. Resistance is futile. Explosion gone instantly, like yeah. three cubes, and it cuts to Light- the credits. Orange lightning blows up cubes. Yep. 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 So. We've talked about the credits for every other series. Let's hear you pretend to like the Voyager credits the best. Oh, so when it opens up, you get like this. I'm assuming that's the sun because it's like 
an, a very average star and there's like an arcing solar flare and they got to go through it. They don't got to go around it. They got to go through it. Is it the Harry Kim of stars? Would you say? <laughs> yeah, it's a very mediocre average star. And then they're, they're going through like the little dust, the like Saturn-y dusty thing. That's cool. Um, that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sweet. So, uh, okay. Side, <laughs> side note, side note. Uh, it would be a travesty if there was actually a planet and you flew through its rings because it would totally ruin that feature. That would take millions of years to reform. So if we ever do that, mm. don't fly through the rings. That's, that's bad juju. That's bad juju. Gotcha. Okay. If we're ever on a ship together, we will not fly yep. through the rings. Check. Okay. Check. Uh, episode then episode proper opens with you're in Da Vinci's lab. You mean uh, Gimli son of Glorin? <laughs> you recognized him? Oh, instantly. Oh man. Instantly. I did not. This was, this was my, I sent you a text today saying, do not look at IMDB for I this can, episode. Or uh, Indy's favorite, uh, Oh Middle man. Eastern man. Indy. <laughs> Hello, Indy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his Where's name it? is Salah. I can't believe you recognized him from this stuff, oh, man. Dude, I fucking love Lord of the Rings. You know that. I know. I know. Isn't that guy like seven feet tall or something, though? He's huge. He's humongous. Yeah. But they made him a dwarf. Well, and he had a makeup on. I read they gave him like a, he had a prosthetic nose. Like, you know, he yeah. like he, he looked different. I mean, the voice is kind of you do recognize it as soon as I'm certainly yeah. not a Lord of the Rings fan. But I recognize the Gimli voice once I once I saw that. I always thought he would be a good Hagrid. But that's I don't I don't think you've ever seen the movie, the Harry Potter movies. But I have not. He's uh, I think he's he would be a good stand in. Yeah. OK, cool. Anyway. Um, so we're in Da Vinci's lab. I don't like this really. No, I don't either. <laughs> this was apparently Kate Mulgrew's idea and everybody was loved it? it. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't want to see real historical figures in Star Trek because it just feels so campy and weird. And I don't believe that that's that person. It's just, yeah. Don't we get an Einstein at some point on a holodeck? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's TNG. So, I I totally missed this as a kid, but um, Janeway is a science officer, right? That was her come yeah. up when she was a science officer. Mm-hmm. I get I get that. I get that wanted to blaze that trail for young girls getting into science and math and all that stuff. That I I commend that. But why would you why would you ask a computer for advice? Like I don't. <laughs> the, <laughs> and a, and a male or, computer character at that, or even ask it for space. Just program yeah. it to give you space yeah <laughs> like what all the hunt i guess i don't know what, you're wasting a lot of time janeway you got borgs to get away from and people <laughs> to get back yeah yeah i i could have done without the da vinci stuff but it gave you gimli in a star trek episode it so sure I guess did I with it. it sure did <laughs> so we get some back and forth with her we cut to the bridge uh they talk about a long-range probe has been picked up by the borg and they show this weird footage of this the probe being sucked into the <laughs> ship and some borg like prodding and then it just turns off like some gopro they found <laughs> yeah about its face so yeah. th- the series up to this point had hidden around the borg there were two episodes one uh 
they find a colony of Borg that have been severed from the collective. It's a really mm. good episode. I can't remember the name of it. And Jakotay gets stranded there. And oh, they mentioned that. They mentioned that he gets more. Yeah. Yeah. And for a time, he's connected into like their consciousness. It's a it's a very good episode, actually. It's one of the better Voyager episodes. Uh, and then there's another one that has nothing to do with the Borg. And just at the very end of the episode, they're on this planet where the episode took place and they find a Borg corpse. And it's just like, a, ooh, look what's coming. You're going to get some Borg. Mm. Mm. So they, they've been building up to this for a while. Because even the episode were on the planet with the disconnected board, you, you couldn't tell that they were bored. They'd been disassembled for the most part. A lot of them like uh-huh. covered up the parts of their body that were bored. Gotcha. Uh, so you didn't, you don't know. This is the first time you get full on Borg in a Voyager mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. The Borg scared the bejesus out of me when I was a kid. They were yeah. like the number one villain, the unstoppable force. So scary to me as a kid. Do you see how we're saying they were? And it's not, <laughs> to me, to me, it's not necessarily because we're thirty whatever year old men now. Yeah, I think Voyager ruined the Borg. This is my big problem. We're gonna get into uh, it right now. Okay. I think, and this episode was the start of it because the Borg were so effing cool. They're so cool. Yeah, just ruthless. Just like you said, ruthless and scary. And how do you defeat them? You can't. And in, in, <laughs> yeah, can't. in Next Generation, there were very few Federation versus the Borg episodes. They just, yeah. for the most part, they danced around it. You know, they find they find Hughes, so they have one Borg that they have on the ship. Or, mm-hmm. or they find the, the colony that Lore has taken command of a bunch of former Borg. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Best of Both Worlds is like one of the few episodes. It's the one where Picard gets turned into Locutus, mm-hmm. where they actually are facing off with the Borg, and they just like they they barely get away, right? Well, that and, goes to hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that That's first bad. contact, which is a fantastic movie, and they but the Borg still in that movie just seems so badass and unstoppable. The only reason yeah. they beat them is because it was one tiny little sphere that was ejected out of a ship against them you know and they just yeah. they figured out how to beat these few people i i totally agree with that i think the borg we got in first contact was like the dream team and the yeah. borg we got in voyager was like <laughs> the the team that plays the harlem globetrotters <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah just don't and look I, at them in the face they won't do anything to you yeah yeah, and I don't want to see if this if whatever is defeating the Borg, they have to be really cool. Yeah, and Species A four seven two is not really cool. Uh, I mean, wait before we get into eight four seven two. Okay, so, sorry. Uh, Wolf three five nine, right? Yes, that's that's right after the Locutus incident. And that yeah, is that's, that's that episode. That's one cube, right? That just beats the I shit so. out of the Federation. Yeah, yeah. it's just, like I forget how many dozens of ships are destroyed. Yeah. Um, so if you <laughs> had fifteen appear yeah. behind you, you would be shitting your pants. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> 
I don't understand so, this. This cube almost wiped out Earth. Like you can't fight one. them. Yeah, the sphere one of them. almost wiped out Earth in first contact, and that's like <laughs> an escape pod, basically, right? I mean, yeah, yeah they just I had was... enough board on on board to take to then start assimilating people on the Enterprise. Yeah, if 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 I was in Janeway's battle room there, I would be like, "You're fucking crazy." There's no yeah. way we have no chance of get, going up against these guys. Not even yeah. one ship. Yeah, this is what I don't like. This is what I don't <laughs> like. You know, already in this episode, and at some point, if you're going to make the Borg a major feature of the series, which they did, you have you have to do the episodes. You have to explore new aspects of the Borg, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. did a decent amount on TNG, so you need to do the. Th- the things that they start to do here where you're interacting with the Borg and trying to reason with them, mm-hmm. but they make the Borg look so stupid because every time, every time uh, a character from Voyager proposes something, the Borg fire back or seven and nine fires back. We're into the next episode here, but with yeah. like a little quip and then the Voyager personnel says something else and they're like, Oh yeah. The Borg are like, yeah, you're right. We'll just do it that way. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. You're smarter than us. We'll go with that. Yeah. There is just an overarching element where the Borg could just strong arm them and then it's done. Like the yeah. doc the doctor's research isn't that complicated. We learned about it in thirty seconds. Like the basic <laughs> premise. Yeah. I think once you've told them what it is, you're you're done. You're they're just gonna say well, how how is the doctor in 20 minutes an expert on Borg nanoprobes when the Borg have their nanoprobes flowing <laughs> through them? How does this holographic doctor know more about nanoprobes? And yeah, I mean, that we're was, getting into it a little bit with that, okay. but yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But I that mean, was, you can unravel pretty much any Star Trek plot if you dig into it that deep. So yeah, it's still kind of weak, but uh, shall we dive into the, uh, the species? Yeah. So just backing up a bit, the premise of this, right, is that Voyager needs, they need to get through Borg space. They find what they call the Northwest Passage. Mm-hmm. Turns out that passage, it's empty. There's no Borg activity. Come to find out it's occupied by species 8472, as designated by the Borg, which are, how would you describe them, Brian? Um, Boy, they're like... A telepathic alien meets predator meets uh, uh like a mantis meets um some kind of triped scorpion. I'm getting some cow uh, vibes from them too. Cow? <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of their eyes have a little oh, bit of cow. Oh yeah, that weird clover eye thing. Yeah. More yeah. like a goat like a goat eye. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's got a goat eye. It's got a goat eye. Um, so when I was researching this, cause I remember these things being all equally terrifying with yeah. the venom and they're impenetrable and they just, they can Voltron and destroy an entire fucking planet. Yeah. Um, basically when you, when you, it's just everything that's scary put into one race, they're telepathic, they're poisonous, they're nine feet tall. They, they can, they don't have to breathe. Um, they can cling Their to sur- regenerate. They regenerate. They they can cling to surfaces like geckos. Uh, they yeah. emit bioelectric. Like they're immune to sensors, transporters, force fields, weapons. Like they're just slammed. They're a super creature. They're it's like yeah. This is the only thing that you could 
possibly present to the Borg that would beat them. That's it. And then when you see them, you start now you see them, you start laughing because they look so ridiculous <laughs> with 90 CGI. Well, apparently at the time, this was like a triumph in CGI, like a, I know. a completely CGI character species. And the way they did it was was celebrated. It looks like shit now. On t- <laughs> yeah, on TV, <laughs> it was unheard of. That's everything yeah. I read was like, this is movie quality on TV. How did you do it? Mm-hmm. One of the one of the things I read is they were they were out of budget after doing that. And the other thing they talked about was the sequence where those fifteen cubes you're talking about fly past Voyager mm-hmm. and kind of knock it around. That yeah. was apparently because the ships were all CGI now too. So okay. you know you come from next generation where they built a Borg cube, and where this it's all CGI. And I mean you can you can tell now. I, it I liked the model Borg cube. I like the I like ship models over CGI models. Me too. Oh, every day. Every day me of the too. week. Give them to yeah, me. Yeah, me too. I agree. Uh, but one of the things they had to save money on was the pile of Borg corpse. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The that, that sees, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. they find on the ship. Do you know how they built that, Brian? Uh, they used mannequins. I'm assuming. They... They used those Playmate action figures that are sitting behind me. Oh, and it's a miniature. <laughs> yeah. The actual pile is 12 inches high. Yeah. Oh, man. I was going to say some guy has that in his garage and he made it into like a throne. But no, it's like <laughs> a tiny little thing. It's a tiny little thing. That's probably that's crazy. Since falling apart. I'm sure if you froze it and really in it and like analyze it, you could probably tell totally. I'm sure too. I wanted to. I want to go back and look at it now, and I could probably yeah. pick out the figures that I have here and figure out which <laughs> head goes to what. And I'm not going to do that. I have better things to do. I won't do that. I promise. But I could. Okay. 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 Um. Uh, another thing that comes up in this episode. So the Voyager crew ends up. They go to the Borg. One of the partially destroyed Borg ships because they happen across this lot. Those 15 ships are all just destroyed. And mm-hmm. anyway, like, let's go investigate. So dumb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so dumb. So they happen across so this lot of ships, and they find part of a cube that has uh, one of these bio ships, they call them. It's a 8472 ship attached mm-hmm. to the side of it, and mm-hmm. there's atmosphere in that part of the cube still. So they send an away team over. Of course, the away team gets into trouble. Harry Kim gets hit with tendril virus <laughs> and Taurus decides she's going to get him out with what they call a skeletal lock. Yeah. Cause they can't lock on with normal transporters for star Trek reasons. So she locks onto their bones and, <laughs> and Janeway is just like, yeah, cool. You haven't tried it out. Whatever works. Give it a shot. Wouldn't, yeah. It, didn't it? Wouldn't it? Didn't it? What? She's when, really rolling the dice on this one. Yeah. So if we only get their bones back, whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. So normally transporters just lock on to their souls or something, like their spirits. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, that that was kind of weird to me. I don't know why they needed to come up with the skeletal lock, because it didn't play any part really in the episode. Just beam them back. Yeah, you don't need any more hurdles to what's going on. Horrible shit is already happening. Just beam them back and be done with it. So but they whatever. Do, 
Is it one of those things where they just keep going back to it? Like, oh, yeah, use the skeletal lock. They might have. Memory Alpha, I was kind of thought maybe they'd mention it, but they didn't. Like, this mm-hmm. is the first, you know, mention of a skeletal lock or whatever. But no. Cass mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, keeps getting these, like, visions because yeah. they're telepathic. 8472 is telepathic, as you mentioned. So at this point, we're believing that Cass has abilities and not she's just some crazy waitress. Yeah. They've built up to that. There was a whole, as I recall, there's a whole episode where Tuvok's trying to train her. Mm-hmm. And she gets really kind of cocky with her skills. And he teaches her to like boil water in a cup with her mind. Mm-hmm. And it gets out of control. And the, the water explodes all over Tuvok's face. <laughs> and like scars him horribly. <laughs> nice. Yeah, she's, she's kind of stepping on my, uh, my girl's Troy, Troy territory. Yeah, well, she's got the long hair here. She's got the long hair. She's got the jumpsuit. She's got the yeah. powers. She was really working that pixie haircut for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Wasn't into it. You go, girl. <laughs> oh, God. What happens next? Harry Kim is fucked, basically. He's got <laughs> roots growing all over his body. Yeah. So they just lay him in sick bay for the rest of the episode, right? I mean, that's well, all you see. I mean, him. yeah, he kind of comes back maybe 75% through the, the, the next one. Yeah. Uh, they figure out that these bioships are coming from a quantum singularity. Mm-hmm. So they're coming from another, would you call it a dimension? They, they say that they, they kind of hypothesize that it's another dimension, but this was something that really didn't connect with me as a kid. I never understood what the fuck is fluidic space? What is the, what yeah. is that? What is that? So this, this, yes. So before we get there, Janeway and Chakotay don't see eye to eye. Janeway wants to make a deal with the Borg and work with them. Chakotay's like, uh, you're an idiot. We should not do that. <laughs> in that yeah. first scene in the, in like the briefing room there, which was a very good scene. That was good. There are a few instances of very good dialogue between those two characters, and that was that was the first one because you respect Jacote for waiting and not bringing it up during the meeting. That seems like an yeah. actual thing that he would do. The the more the more I think about Chakotay's angle, and like because he doesn't get any dialogue, but his positions are pretty strong. Uh, yeah. I would be like, are you fucking taking crazy pills? You want to give weapons to the civilization that literally almost wiped us out? Like, yeah, <laughs> Chakotay's cool. right. I asked you Janeway versus Chakotay, and there's, yeah. there's in this episode, there's one right answer. It's Chakotay. You don't yeah. do what Janeway's doing here. No, you don't. She's violating the prime directive. She has yeah. to be. Just, just so that you and maybe two hundred people can get home, you're going to jeopardize the intel entire like. Not just the Federation, but like the Alpha Quadrant, like the yeah. entire part yeah. of like just everything. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. Literally everybody. Just to get some people home. No. Yeah. You're not doing that. Yeah. Uh, so but Janeway. She, Janeway. Just, yeah. She wants to make this deal with the board. She's going to give them the nanoprobes that the doctor developed that counteract species 8472 but he hasn't even really developed them yet he's like i think i should probably be able to do that i'll whip that up for you (laughs) yeah what's your name Catherine? i'll put it i'll write it on the side of your starbucks cup and uh, i'll have it out to you in five minutes your nanoprobes are ready katie nanoprobes (laughs) for katie 
extra whip. They spelled it with a C. <laughs> so this is where Chakotay tells the fox and the scorpion story, which is where the title of the episode, The Scorpion, comes from. Which yeah. Could, that was long and drawn out. But basically, a scorpion's going to do what's in, what's in its nature, right? And its nature in this example is to sting things. So he's saying that the Borg are going to sting them. Yeah, I like this. I like this story. I had forgotten mm-hmm. that this is where I heard it the first time. Like, I thought that I had this ancient story in my soul somehow, but it was really taught to me by Chicote. <laughs> oh, man. Boy, my, my friend. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you look, if you look that up, it's, it's, it has a history, that story. It's, it's the, not just it's some... the frog and the scorpion, right? Right. They yeah. changed it to the fox yeah. for some reason. But, mm-hmm. Uh, so Janeway transports over to the Borg ship to negotiate with them, which uh, again is another sequence where they're like, we're going to assimilate you. And then Janeway's like, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah. And you're not. the Borg again are like, no, we're going to do it. And Janeway's <laughs> like, you really should it. That and is, then lets them that is, That's something that we saw in first contact was they just do whatever they want. That, this we, is, Yeah. We get that, but then like Jane Janeway shuts it down or something stupid happens. This is and this is we're right down to the core of the problem is that the Borg you can't negotiate with the Borg. That's why they're so awesome. They're mechanical. They're you know, they have they, they have like an AI that's like black or white. You know, you just think of it as like an algorithm they go by. And yeah, you're, it's you're it's it's if like you start talking to them. You have assimilation tubes in your throat. Like you're done. <laughs> you're done. Yeah. yeah, it's the worst uh, space ants you've ever come across. It's, yeah, for it's, real. Yeah, uh, scary, 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 scary. But not in this episode. Yeah. Well, or many after this, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But so that's uh, that's kind of where the episode ends. A bioship shows up. The Borg cube, while Janeway's on it, blocks them from destroying Voyager because the Borg value Voyager now because they have these nanoprobes that they don't even have yet. (laughs) And uh, the episode ends with uh, Janeway on the cube. And uh, yeah, the Bioship blows up a planet like this Borg planet that they're by too, which I don't know why we care about that. It's a bunch of Borg. But yeah, so that's it was cool, though. Yeah, it was cool. The way the ships like they form the Death Star circle and shoot yeah. one beam out of the middle. Yeah, uh, I liked how the the Janeway Borg scene was very uh, Picard Borg scene, where they just it's just like this bridge. It's just like this bridge in this giant warehouse. Yeah, I I actually didn't like that. I and I was trying to figure out why I didn't like it. It's I want to see more of the inside of a Borg ship. Mm-hmm. I know it's a show and they've got a budget. But show me some kind of scary, like, apparatus that she's talking to, right? Or, like, right. I don't know. It's weird. She's just standing on a catwalk, and then when the ship starts getting hit, she is violently, like, throwing herself over. <laughs> I know we're doing a podcast. So I'm like, you can yeah. hear my voice moving away because I'm making the motion. Yeah. It was some bad, yeah. bad uh, like, shaking acting by Janeway there. She's not very good at when the bridge takes damage either. She's very... Uh... Her, her physical acting's pretty poor. Brian, but, I have a hot take for you. Oh, no. Sorry, do you want to finish your thought? Yeah, just real quick. Uh, I think a super intelligence hive mind like the Borg would use space more efficiently. 
been having a having a giant warehouse cube. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, that's where I like the idea of the cube. Yeah. Well, if it was completely thick and just yeah, why is there all this open space? It would just be smaller. Yeah. Yeah. When you said space, I thought you meant like the galaxy. Oh, the galaxy. No. Yeah. Here, here's my hot take, Brian. Yeah. I feel like everybody loves Janeway on the internet, right? Like you still mm-hmm. see Janeway love. I feel like you're not, you don't follow the Star Trek people on Twitter like I do. But people still love no. Janeway. Janeway in theory is a great character. I don't love Kate Mulgrew as Janeway. I don't love it. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. She's my, my uh, when I was a kid, I used to watch it with my mom, and my mom loved Janeway. Yeah. Just loved. I think it's the it's the it's the first first time thing. Like she was a science officer, she's the captain, not yeah. a lot of female leads at the time. Um and I'm and all she, in on that. I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just think there are there are she has so many cringeworthy moments. Right. Like acting moments where she says something weird or like it just doesn't We forget we forget to actually evaluate the performance then yeah over yeah. the character yeah exactly i, I, I agree I like the care i like the character a lot i agree there are just yeah. moments where kate mulgrew her dialogue comes across really weird and not it well, takes you out of it they couldn't get dr quinn medicine woman so <laughs> did you know oh man what's her name uh they actually shot a pilot with a different actress playing did they, they? you did can they? you can youtube it you really? Like clips of it. It's a French woman, and I can't remember her name. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, you can watch the pilot. There are videos side by side of the scenes of her doing it and with Kate Mulgrew doing it. Do they have the same haircut? I don't remember. Okay. Which haircut? Janeway's hair changes quite a bit. She's got that yeah. like halo, that super bun. The yeah. Super... I think super bun's my favorite. <laughs> okay. When she goes to the bob, I'm not as into it. Oh, she does do the bob. Yeah. Yeah. The power bob. <laughs> power bob. Power bobbing. Uh, so, yeah, we're into part two of the episode now. Janeway has reached a deal with the Borg. All is good. We're going to work together. The doctor has fixed Kim's condition. The tendrils are disappearing. Everybody's happy. Uh, they try to put, the Borg try to put these neck transceivers on uh, Janeway and Tuvok is beamed over to the cube now as well so that they yeah. can work on the nanoprobe stuff together. These are from that episode where they find all the Borg on the planet. They give mm-hmm. Chakotay one. So these kind of make, make a return here. And this is just another instance where they're like, we're not going to do this. <laughs> give me a representative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... They needed to make those a little bit more menacing than just sticky, like stickers yeah, on your neck. Yeah. They needed to like inject them into their heads. Yeah, I agree. Or, or like some kind of horrible clamp that like deforms them in some way. Even that that scene in First Contact where that needle is going into Picard's eye. Yeah, that's Ugh. some creepy shit. Yeah, it really is. So they needed to up that game a little bit. Yeah. So. Janeway and Tuvok want a representative, just one Borg they can interact with and talk to. And that Borg, of course, ends up being seven of nine. Mm-hmm. Conveniently in the closet that they're that they're looking at <laughs> the door yeah. just beyond. She gets her six tubes popped and she's here. 
Yep. 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 And she throughout the episode loses Borgdom. I don't know if you noticed that she stops yeah. talking robotic and falls back into classical, like just acting. Yeah. She's not a great actress either. No, I, mean, I understand. That's not why they hired her for this role. <laughs> it wasn't for her acting abilities. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You can't, you kind of get a you get a moment where Chakotay is looking her over. He's like, still probably would. so something i want to ask you about seven of nine yeah eventually we don't see it in this episode but eventually they deborgify her and she just says little things here and there Mm -hmm. does she still have an eye underneath her eye piece or do they like or do they like grow her a new eye i don't know well I mean, Picard got his eye back. He had one of those. He didn't. Not over his eye. Oh, it was on the side of his head. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know, because her character has that little, like, C on her, on her, on that eye. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe maybe it's like a robotic eye. Yeah. And she just has a prosthetic. I mean, I'd imagine prosthetic eyes look really good. Yeah, and probably not this is. the only prosthetic thing on that body. <laughs> <laughs> She's you mean in- her hair. You're yes, talking about her yes, hair. Yes, yes, her hair yeah. is enhanced. <laughs> her hair is very enhanced. Good observation. Yes. Uh, species 8472 shows up again. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself here. The 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 bioship did not show up at the end of the first episode. It shows up here at the beginning of the second. Oh yeah, because they get blown up and they got to run away. Yeah, and that's when uh, they beam over some Borg into the cargo bay. Uh, Tuvok comes back as well, and then Janeway is really messed up, and they don't know if she's going to make it. They have to put her into a coma, but not before she tells Chakotay to make this alliance work at all costs. And he immediately shuts it down. (laughs) (laughs) Chakotay. Yeah, in two scenes. Hot hot take number two. Chakotay, more Borg than the Borg in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) You mean more ruthless than the Borg? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, he's the only one that... He's the only one not... not, Yeah. (laughs) We're not doing that. We're not going to do it. We're dropping you off at the next planet. GTFO. (laughs) I thought that was even like kind of considerate. Just fucking beam them into space. Who gives a shit? They're bored. Yeah. We all we we know where it ends up. <laughs> uh, so seven of nine tells us we were just kind of referencing Chakotay to turn around and go meet a cube to like mm-hmm. link up with them, but it's five days in the wrong direction. I have a hard time believing that it takes five days in Borg space for them to find a cube, but maybe because species A four seven two is just f them up so badly. Yeah, it, it does sound like they're losing pretty hard. Uh, Chicote then informs Seven of Nine that they're ending the alliance. They're going to drop them off, uh, but then that's going to be it. Does he say they're going to give them the nanoprobes too? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He, so they're they're really. I mean, he's he's meeting all the terms. Right. I wouldn't do that. I would just. I would not have told her two days ahead of time or whatever it was. <laughs> I would just backstab them immediately. I just I said, would, guys, there's the door. Get out. And we got there. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no nano tubes or whatever. Just we're out. We're out of yeah. here. Yeah, we get the the campy Chakotay coma scene where he's talking to Janeway while she's in a coma, apologizing for what he's done and is about to do, mm-hmm. which is completely unnecessary. Talk about the great dialogue between those two. Did not need right. that. You know, his, that could have been him talking to any, it would have been like a good development scene for him and Taurus. If like, after he announces in the ready room, what he's going to do, if like yeah. Taurus steps up and challenges him, like from Janeway's point of point of view, and been like, this isn't what the captain wants us to do. And then he can explain himself rather than talking to somebody in a coma. Yeah. Yeah, dude. A lot of missed opportunities with his character. I can, I, I understand now as an adult, why hit the actor was so pissed off about his character yeah. because yeah. man, they could have made his character so badass. Yeah. Like he's, and, he's a terrorist. He's an ex terrorist. Yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> like you could have done so much cool stuff. Freedom fighter. Well, yeah. If you need the dirty work done, just yeah. get your coat. These my key are here to do it. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it shows through at times. It just, they don't help themselves because when they do, they have good intentions with the the episodes where they kind of explore his Native American heritage, but they're mm-hmm. always so boring. <laughs> you know? No, yeah, yeah. I I thought for some reason in my mixed up mind, I think I made a Hyper Voyager episode to store in my child memory was all the good <laughs> feelings from Voyager into one. I thought it was this episode. I thought... <laughs> I thought this was called Scorpion because I thought his spirit animal was the scorpion. No, gosh, what is his spirit animal? I I can't remember, but... I'm going to Google that while we talk here. I For some reason, I because they tease it in the... uh, in the first episode, he's like, I'm not going to tell you my spirit animal. You have to find your own. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then, there's an episode where I think he's in sick bay or somebody. I think it's Taurus. Maybe he's in sick bay and she's like dying, and he like puts oh. up his dream catcher or she puts it up <laughs> over him. I can't remember, but they yeah. talk a lot about spirit animals there. <laughs> yeah, and I think Janeway's is like a gecko or something. It's like a chameleon. <laughs> oh, I think you're, I think you're you're thinking of the episode where Paris and Janeway turn into lizard people and mate. Mm, no, no, uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> wow, great show. Great yeah. show. I've got a Chicote memory alpha here, but I can't find his spirit animal. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. We'll come back uh, to that. So, of course, as soon as Chicote tells the Borg that they're going to drop him off, they, they make a play for the ship. And mm-hmm. bad idea to put them so close to somewhere they can access the main deflector array. Yeah, weird. 30 seconds, 7 to 9, is opening up uh, a portal to fluidic space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you didn't uh, remember to close off that fucking uh, human-sized door that had, like, a keypad on it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and these these human lockpicks here, not even human, just lockpicks, walking lockpicks that can do anything to any technology... Nah, we're yeah. good. We we put a six-digit password on that one. They're not going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we just changed it. It's cool. Amazon an said, point in there. Yeah, Amazon said it was a strong to strong max pot password. <laughs> yeah. So Jacote flips on the Borg vacuum, 
and launches <laughs> everyone into space except for seven and nine who's in that uh that it's not a jeffrey's tube but in that little corridor there yeah yeah, she reconfigures the deflector thing, but they have no record of what she does. So it's just some, some magic. Yeah. She works with their technology. You'd think that they would just be like, just just do what she just did. <laughs> we'll yeah. go. It yeah. Will leave. We'll yeah. Leave. With the Borg, they don't die in space, right? Because don't we fight Borg on the outside of uh, Enterprise in First yep, Contact? you're right. They so they're just hanging them. out. They're just hanging out. You yeah. didn't kill them. You yeah, just... they're, they're still floating there right now. <laughs> Yeah, you mildly inconvenienced them. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of that when they got launched out there. Yeah, they're yeah. they're fine. They're they're just looking for something to grab onto now. <laughs> <laughs> so Voyager gets pulled into the singularity. Uh, they say it's not space but matter. So yeah, what is so it's flying around in some kind of dusty jello. It looks like to me. <laughs> It's yeah, it's like they uh, did a show crossover in a sequest. It's like uh, <laughs> it's just it's just instead of empty space, it's just everything's filled with matter, which makes no fucking sense. That yeah. makes no sense, dude. That's that's I started this because I wanted to ask you. I didn't think that you would think like the propulsion system on Voyager, like all these computers, all these systems would yeah. not work, right? Like, so if you're if the entire volume of the space was matter, it would. You would not have to have gravity because it it would all condense into like basically a singularity like the Big Bang. Yeah. Well, and and <laughs> I don't yeah, know. And, I don't know. Just spitballing. Well, yeah, and you're counting on yeah the gravity and the the pressure of this matter to not be more than space to where the <laughs> ship would just get crushed. It would. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, we can't go to the bottom of our ocean, but we're gonna go to an entire space fluid dimension. Yeah, that yeah. was weird. Didn't like that. Weird. And none of it spills out of the rift. It just kind of neatly yeah, stays in there. You're right. You yeah. just see it. It's like a tube TV. It's very strange. So we find out that the Borg started the war through seven and nine. Mm-hmm. Who's the last Borg left on the ship at this point? That they they decided that they wanted to. They found this dimension and wanted to conquer. Species eight four seven two and couldn't couldn't do it. They, what did she say? Underestimated their level of resistance. Yeah, they they allude to the the Borg's lack of, uh, I guess you'd call it imagination or ability yeah. to conduct science. So why would they be curious? I'm I'm interested in how they actually interacted with them at, in the first, like in the first place because yeah. If they're just going around taking everyone's knowledge, they're not creating their own. They're not like asking questions of like, what happens if we go into this fluid dimension? What's in there? They don't do that. They just go and take stuff. They sure do. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So at this point, Janeway's healed. Hmm. And she's miraculous. She's really pissed. (laughs) She's real upset. She's not happy with Biff Chakotay. Yeah. Uh, so they decide that they're going to, again, for whatever reason, stand their ground and fight their way out of fluidic mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Uh, they enhance the ship with Borg tech with seven and nine's help, which they just, which means they just threw a bunch of green blobs on the outside of it and called it a Borg Voyager. Now they took 10 minutes to do that too. That was I pretty know. quick. That I was know. pretty quick stuff. So they, they use the, the nanoprobe torpedoes. They destroy the ship's, the bioships that are coming at them, they get out of fluidic space. 
there's more bioships. They drop a nanoprobe nuke on all of them. And then that scares 8472 enough to where every ship in the Delta Quadrant just leaves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, hmm. Yay. They are telepathically keeping tabs on Voyager, but don't understand that the Borg aren't as capable as Voyager. So they're running anyway back to their dimension where they can appear anywhere and literally blow up a planet in five seconds. Yep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So after all this happens, seven and nine tries to take control of the ship. She says that they're going to assimilate. Everybody's going to join the collective. We're all going to be one big happy Borg family. She inserts real hard. Yeah. And Janeway goes, Scorpion. (laughs) And they, her and Chakotay have come up with this plan to use one of those little neck transceivers. And Chakotay says some real nice human stuff to Seven and Nine, and it throws her off big time. And they end up exploding something on her and putting her in sick bay. Yeah, I thought about that once they were in, in, um, fluidic space and she said i'm I'm not uh, i don't have my sub sub particle terminal with the (laughs) with the borg why don't they just like cut her head off and like (laughs) you know man that's dark bro well you cut you just sever so you've you've got you've saved yourself you sever their link and they don't get the information and you just piece the fuck out of there yeah that'd be mean they don't kill people that would be a Lorca. That would be a Lorca solution. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That would be a Lorca solution. Mm-hmm. So, or, yeah, they set it up. Sorry, go ahead. No, it was just an aura, an actual Chicote solution, uh, a freedom fighter yeah. solution. Anyway. Yeah. So they set it up. Yeah, we didn't even get into the stuff where it doesn't make any sense that these Maquis <laughs> are just, yep, in the crew. It takes them two episodes, and they're yeah. they're these people that got passed up for promotions are reporting to a a terrorist. But anyway, (laughs) yeah, another, another time. Yep. Uh, we go back to Da Vinci's lab. For some reason we have to end the episode there. Da Vinci's not there, but Janeway is. Chakotay shows up. They say they're going to keep the, some of the Borg upgrades. Do you notice that it was like a little throwaway line? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they down the road they they that's the whole plot device for them to get out. Yeah, that's how they leave. That's how they get home. Yeah. So I just we talked about this before already without even doing a Voyager episode. I wish the ship would have changed. I wish anything about mm-hmm. the ship would have changed. <laughs> you know, well, even it, leave a couple of those green blobs out there if that's what you have to do. How cool would it, it have been if there was like that cargo bay, which they keep the Borg technology in there, but let's say it's like it's grown out into the hallway even. And they're like, eh, this is what we have to do. You know, like change that, something. That would have been pretty, that pretty it's cool. It's such like a nice, clean space that they contain <laughs> seven and nine's Borg toys in, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, Go clean up your room. Borg are. No. Yeah. No, yeah. It should, it should be like integrating into parts of the systems and like, I don't know. I'm, get, I'm getting into the weeds a little bit here, but... I mean, there is a part in the, I think it's one whole season where they're just constantly bombarded. I think it's by the Kazon or the Herogen, and the ship is just fucked up. Just, yeah. 
they've got like things uh, slapped to the side of it and like they're they're just I think barely... you're thinking of Europe the episode Year of Hell, the two parter. Yeah. Yes. I think that's the Borg they're fighting in that one. But yeah, oh, is where it? the ship just is getting destroyed. Absolutely yeah. destroyed. It might be that I don't I actually don't remember if it's the Borg or the Kazon. It might be the Kazon. Yeah. And then eventually they retrofit a shuttle with just like supreme shields and it's in, impenetrable and they uh, well they build that, the Delta Flyer, they build it from scratch. Yeah. Which so, I would I would just apply that to the whole ship, but I'm sure there's a reason they can't. One would think. One would think <laughs> they would do that. So yeah, the episode ends with a landscape shot of uh, seven of nine laying on a, a medical table and they, they've set it up to where she's going to join the crew. And obviously she becomes a regular for mm-hmm. the last four seasons of the show. There's four more seasons. Yeah, this was this, the second episode was the premiere of season four. So you have four, four. five, six, seven. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of time to be known by the Borg in Borg space. Yeah, and to get by. Yeah. Wow. So that that's that's two parter. It was a two parter. Yeah. We've gone a little long here, probably, but yeah. we had two episodes to get in, so that's not too bad, right? I yeah. I have. I mean, there there's one IMDb character. Mm-hmm. And you've already covered two of the things he's in, so I was going to make this a game. I'm Let's sorry. Do it I, anyway. spo- I spoiled no, it. Okay. That's all right. That's all right. Okay. Uh, I was going to, I was going to ask you a number of, th- of things, TV shows and movies. <laughs> okay. And you would tell me if John Reese Davies, who plays Leonardo da Vinci is in them. Correct. So you've already got Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yeah. You've already got Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Was he in, the animated cartoon Gargoyles. Wow. That was a fantastic show, by the way. Um, yes. Yes, he was. Was he the main character? He was a character named Macbeth. Macbeth. So I don't know. I can't remember other Gargoyles names. Yeah, I can't, I can't either. Good show, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched it. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Was he in Firefly? Firefly. Yes, he was absolutely in Firefly. Wrong. He was not in Firefly. <laughs> you lose. I'm just trying to make this interesting. Was he in Ah Real Monsters? Yes, he was the guy that holds his eyeballs with the armpit hair. Uh. He wasn't on Real Monsters, but he was not that guy. <laughs> what guy was he? he? He was head a head judge. He was only in one episode of that, but uh, it was just okay. too fun. I, I had to include it. Uh, Real Monsters. Uh, was he in Jungle Book 2? Jungle Book 2? Is that the straight to VHS? I assume. Mm. Um... No. He was in Jungle Book 2. He was. He played Ranjan's father. Oh, he finds his dad? Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, was he in 
Pirates of the Dark Water. Oh. Remember this one? This is a deep cut. Dude, that show was awesome. Yeah, I like this one a lot, too. With that, like, monkey dragon creature. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just going to say I hope he was, because that was a great. That was great. They need to bring You're that right. back. He, Let's he, he was. Let's get it on Netflix. What was he? What was was he like a bad uh, guy? You know, I don't. I did not write down what his character was, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last but not least, Brian, I think you know where this is going. This is a bonus question. <laughs> Absolutely, wasn't Murder She Wrote? Yes, he was. <laughs> Multiple he, he times. He played a I character think. named. Yep, he had like three episodes. Played a character named Mordecai. Nice. In Murder She Wrote. He sounds it never like fails. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. The crossover is real. Uh, I have a couple more just fun facts about the episode here. Thanks for reading Memory Alpha. Okay. Uh, the idea... So they had an idea for this episode that was going to end the third season that sounds really cool that they kind of did for another episode. And the idea was that somehow there was going to be a cop... It had nothing to do with the board. There were going to be copies made of the Voyager crew and the ship, mm-hmm. and they were going to find their way back to Earth. But they were going to be aliens, and they were going to, like, wreak... It just said, like, wreak havoc. So I don't know <laughs> if that means, like, in their personal lives, or if they were going to, like, try to F up the planet. So it was going to be, like, a... Um, like a transporter incident Riker, where... Their their timeline split, but the other timeline they actually figure out how to get home first. Yeah, well, that would have been. This kind of happens. There's an episode. The episode's name is Demon, and they go to this planet, and there's this goop, and it's been a while since I've seen it, so I don't remember exactly what it is or the explanation. But it gets, I think it gets Harry Kim first or Paris, but it creates a copy Hmm. of that person and it ends up copying the entire crew okay and they they can't survive off of that planet these copies so they're like on the ship and they like i think they leave the planet and whoever had been copied starts getting really sick and they figure out that it's not actually him (laughs) and they go back and they have to swap them out they left somebody and in order to get that person back they allow the the goop to make a copy of everyone on the ship. Oh, like an exchange. So they leave the copies of themselves there and they show up again in a later episode, but I don't remember the plot of that one. I Hmm. think they're out and about in the galaxy wreaking havoc, as I recall. So uh, I have a small personal anecdote that has not like very tangentially related to this copying thing. Um. So when I was a kid, my parents used to threaten us when we were being bad that they would sell us to the gypsies if we weren't better. And we were on a road trip with our family in California. And my brother yeah. was being an asshole, just a fucking asshole. And my Classic parents were Adam. like, yeah, Adam, just. Ugh. So my parents were like, OK, that's it. We're pulling to the gas station. Here's the gypsies. We're going to we're going to sell you. <laughs> my older cousin goes into the gas station bathroom takes his shirt off and ties it around his head and starts coming out trying to buy Adam. <laughs> <laughs> he loses his shit. He's going bananas. 
everyone's <laughs> laughing. It's it's super funny. He he can't. I mean, it's obviously my cousin, but my brother's terrified. <laughs> so that whole thing settles down. We all get in the van and we drive off. We had left my other cousin in the gas station. <laughs> and you didn't even sell him? <laughs> you didn't get any money out of him? No, we didn't. We didn't get any money out of her. She, We left her there. We didn't realize it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. And we had to go back and get her. That's a – we're getting off track here, but I've been yeah. watching Last Man on Earth. I think I've oh, raved yeah. about how good it is to you a few times. Yes, you have. Uh so Will Forte's character is driving cross country with the girl that your wife can't stand okay. uh, in, an, in an RV and they get out to go to a gas station, go to the bathroom, get back in. He thinks she's already back in and is sleeping in the back. <laughs> yeah. And he takes <laughs> off and drives for an entire day <laughs> and, and then can't remember because the <laughs> world's yes, over in this show. Did. There's no people. He can't remember what gas station she's at. <laughs> she's there for like three weeks. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's that's really good. good. That's pretty good. Uh, the last thing is, uh, so leading up to the end of this episode, you know, Kim's all messed up. They were mm-hmm. going to write Kim out of the show. Oh, man. That would have been a horrible mistake. We would have lost our favorite mediocre what is he? I don't even know what he is. Ensign? Ensign, yeah. He, uh, I don't know if it's the time in between or like somewhere around this time, he wins like sexiest man on TV or sexiest man of the year on some magazine and gets a lot what? of press. Yeah, what? Harry Kim's hot, apparently. Oh my God. 97 and was so a weird decide. time. Yeah, so they decide that they can't write him out of the show. And then they end up writing Cass out instead. So, yeah, she like turns into like a metaphysical psychic burst, right? And launches yeah. the ship. Yeah, she gets him like 10 years closer or something like that. She comes yeah. back for an episode later where she's just destroying the ship. She's like super powerful and mm. walking through the corridors and things are just exploding everywhere. <laughs> tight i don't i don't remember it being a good episode but i remember that part being cool anyway Mm. so uh you won the day brian you found a good voyager episode you won the trivia game pretty much before it even started yeah and uh before we we go on any further i've got the gargoyles wikipedia page up here (laughs) (laughs) pretty heavy on the star trek names Marina yeah. Sirtis, who plays Deanna Troy, oh. was a voice. Jonathan okay. Frakes, our homeboy Riker. Kate Mulgrew, also a voice. Are like series regulars or just popped in here and there? I think these are regulars. I mean, the show only ran for like a couple seasons. It was only three seasons. So Isn't it funny how when you're a kid, it feels like it ran for 10 years? Like it was, yeah, it just was there and it always been. Yeah. Yeah. But most cartoons last two seasons and that's it. Right. <laughs> well, that's funny. Yeah. Gargoyles crossover. So uh, our species dive, I mean, I kind of already did it up front there. Um, on 8472? Yeah, on 8472. It was a big, as we said, it was a huge deal when it first came out because of the CGIing. Um, it was featured in a lot of like um, special effects. I guess news outlets, magazines, things like that. 
critics claimed that there was an alien already existing in the Babylon 5 series that it looked like. It was called The Shadow or The Shadows. Really? I don't know if you've ever watched Babylon 5. I can't stand about Babylon 5. I so, have not. I only have so much room for nerdy sci-fi, <laughs> campy TV shows in my life. And yeah, I can't. Stargate I can't stand and Babylon 5 do not make it. They don't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and this is one of the main uh, main villains in Voyager for the rest of the series run. So, yeah. at the point, they learn how to like change their bodies to like morph yeah. into other beings. So they're trying to infiltrate uh, non-fluidic space that way. Mm-hmm. Weird, yeah. weird. So it's like, a, it's like anything you could think of this alien can do. It's basically yeah. the super villain plot. Yeah. There's an episode later on where seven or nine kills one. It's, it's that's actually another good episode. She, she kills it. I don't she remember. Kills it. It's on the ship. I think it's just what you're saying. It was imitating somebody. If I remember mm-hmm. right, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it comes down to the end of the episode. They have this thing cornered. Janeway wants to try to get it back to its people. Seven and nine is like, we have to kill this thing or it's going to get its friends and come back and kill all of us. And seven of nine just puts it down. Wow. Nice. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. All right. So yeah, that concludes my notes. All right. Well, that concludes our, this is, I think our longest episode yet, Brian, congratulations. It is. I think we're almost an hour and a half, but, uh, you know, that's okay. That's okay. You can't contain all the good Voyager content here. (laughs) Gotta let it breathe. Yep. Gotta air it out. All right. Well, uh, that's it for episode 11 of nice planet. I don't think I ever said that in the beginning, but we're up to 11, 11 and, uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Join us next week as we watch episode 11 of season one of Deep Space Nine entitled The Negus. See you then.